Okay, we have been doing a series on The Holy Spirit. The there Holy you go. I agree with Gideon. The Holy Spirit, and we we have talked about a few different aspects of Him. Do you remember what type? Well, first of all, what what does the word Spirit really stand for in the Bible? When you look it up, if you were to look it up in the way the it's written Spirit. down in the yes, it is, but. But I'm talking about what does the word spirit really mean? Not a ghost. What is it? Not a ghost. Time it's Wind. Okay. Wind. Which we talked about. Okay. If the Holy Spirit's like wind. All right. We found out he's much more than that. But we said, well, if he's just a force like wind is this blowing force. Right. But then we find out he's got personal characteristics, right? A personality, and he does things that are way beyond what a force can do. Does the wind have a personality too? I don't think so. I have never met the wind. Although I've been all surrounded by the wind. Never met the wind. Alright? So we find out he's more than a force, although he is powerful. Alright? And we saw one time when Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit, and what did he do? No. Yes, that came eventually, but what did he do? <sighs> he blew on them. He blew on the disciples, right? Or the apostles, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, there is a force that's from me. Okay? And, and we are separating out the Holy Spirit in which he is a person, that's how we say it, a person of the Trinity, okay? God is one God, and yet there are three persons, we will call them, that say each of them is God, but we're only one. They're the same being, they are different persons within that being. So people ask, well, is that like different personalities? Well, sort of, but they are each unique and each able to act independently and together all at the same time, okay? And think of this, God is a complex being. Humans are complex beings as well, but nowhere near how complex God is, okay? so. We say, well, if he's not like us, he is. We are built in his image. We're built in the image of God. How come we all look so different? Well, how could that be? Well, there's genes. <laughs> but if we're built in the image of God, how do we all look so different? God is not limited to one tiny thing. Yeah. Right? He is infinite. He's infinite in his entire being. He is also everywhere, all at once. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. Okay? So, he's a much more complex being than us as humans. If God made the universe, who made God? 
God is always, he was always he there. He always existed. And that's really the point. Is he existed before all things. He already was there. He was just there. He was there. Mm -hmm. And he decided to say, I'm going to make the planets. I'm going to make this universe. I'm going to make these people. Yes. Because he wanted us to have a choice. He did. He wanted us to have a choice. Yes, he did want us to have a choice. Um, but he wanted us to choose loving him. Right? But real love is a choice. Not forced. Okay? So we talked more about the Holy Spirit being a teacher and a comforter. We talked about the battle between the spirit and what? The flesh. And the flesh. Okay? Because we are this being that is built with a fleshly body, physical body, stuck in this realm, this time-space continuum. I can't make time go faster or slower. I might wish it, but I can't do it. It is what it is. And I can't make the laws of physics change because they are laws of physics within this dimension. All right? I might say, I should be able to smash this out with my hand and it should go on forever after I punch it because I have so much power. And yet, friction will stop it. It will, it will stop my hand too. And it will hurt if I try to punch it with all my might. Right? And, you know what else gives if I punch it with my knuckles? Yeah. Because my bones are made of real physical things yeah. that really physically feel, break, right? Yeah, I didn't feel really physical. I think I've broken my bones. Oh, maybe so. I can still move them, but it doesn't hurt whenever I punch things as hard as I can. That's no. a weird. Huh, maybe you'll have to have that looked at. Alright, so the battle beneath, between flesh and the spirit is ours, okay, and God is he took upon himself flesh, all right? So he understands that battle. He understands temptation. And so with understanding temptation and the battle of the flesh and what it takes to be a human in a fallen world, he said, I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you a teacher. I'm going to give you a helper, all right? So he also says you're, he's a helper, He's going to do these things for you when you are battling with your flesh. Now, spirits also have power over other spirits in the spirit realm. Okay? And we know that other spirits or other beings that have spirits are located in that spirit realm. Okay, and there are different places within that spirit realm. But Satan, we know, has a spirit, right? He does spiritual, that's his battle, his spiritual battles. So he can have a battle within your mind, if you let him. 
And yet he does not have to enter physically into you to work that way. All right? He can enter physically into a being and possess a being. But he is only able to possess one being. His other followers, the fallen angels or demons, the spirit, uh, the spiritual beings of those can possess humans too, if allowed. They have to be given permission, I'll say, to do it. And that might be by you saying, I'm going to open myself to whatever comes. Okay? And there are ways in which you try to open and talk to the spirit world. Specifically, there's many different things, but well, one of those things is a Ouija board. Okay? And much people try to reach out to the unknown realm, not knowing who they're reaching to, and saying, tell me answers. Okay, someone used a Ouija board to call some of their dead parents, and it said, and it literally spelled out, you're adopted. Yep. And it was crying so, for hours. So, those answers you get back are not from, they are not from the dead parents, okay? The dead parents don't have the ability to do that, but those who work within that spiritual realm do, okay? Now, on the more positive and much better side, if you are indwelt or you, the Holy Spirit lives in you, then he is the one who possesses you for all good. And within that indwelling, when he lives in your heart, okay, it is said that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? You're filled with the Holy Spirit. So, when you first accept Christ as your Savior and you say, yes, I am a sinner. I need forgiveness. Christ, will you enter into my heart? The Holy Spirit comes and says, and, and fully fills you up inside your spirit. And he brings your spirit to what? Before that, because it doesn't even know. It, he awakens it. He, he makes it alive, right? He brings, or the word that the Bible uses a lot, quickens it. Brings your spirit alive. Or quickens. Okay? So he quickens your spirit and he allows you then to begin to connect with him. Because that's how he is to be connected with, is through the spirit. So if you are going to do something to connect with him, then it's through your spirit. that That's where the real touch happens. Because you can do something your entire life. You could go through and... If you wanted to say, I'm going to do communion, and I physically take a bread piece and tear it, and I drink a cup, I could do that my whole life, just like we do at communion, but without the Spirit in it, it's nothing but a ceremony, 
It doesn't mean anything. There's no reality to it. It's the connection with God and Him changing you that makes it real. So, I take a glass of water. Okay. And I fill it up with water. It was not water, but I fill it up until it's right convexed at the top, right? It's all filled right up top. That looks like a tiny tornado in a jar. Is it filled up? Can I fill it with anything else? No. I mean, you can add food coloring, guys. You can add food coloring. I put a drip of food coloring, and the whole thing now changes. So it's filled with water, and now it's filled with color. What else could I do? You got a tiny straw inside or something like that. Well, you could do a straw, but you're not filling it. One of the clip-ons inside that can sometimes squeezes like some lemon or lime into it. Okay, something that would have taste. Okay, so I could put a drop of something in there that lemon, would bring taste. Lemon, juice. Just a tiny bit of something, and it would bring flavor. What else could I do? You could stir it. Sunshine. You can put some sunshine in it. You can evaporate it. That would be emptying it, not milling it. I could heat it up and fill it with heat. I could also shine light in it and fill it with light. You could do both. Right? Fill it with darkness. <laughs> darkness. I take it. Really, darkness is the absence of light, right? So I'd have to take it out of the light and put it in a closet, which I'm not sure why. <laughs> if you, why would you fill it with darkness? <laughs> why would you fill it? So, here's the point, right? I filled it, and then I filled it again, and I filled it again, and I filled it again. Is any one of those things not really filling it? The food no. coloring, it kind of isn't. It's just adding color to it. But it's filling it with color. It was had, plain and clear before. You could have literally like, added sugar and cream like it was coffee at this point. I, could, I can fill and refill no. and refill. And this is what your spirit is like. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can do something amazing through God. And then God can do something else with you. And fill you, and fill you, and fill you with different aspects. Alright? And we're going to talk about some of those different aspects tonight. Some of those unique things that the Holy Spirit can give you. And he's the only one that can give it to you. And sometimes specifically, well, all times specifically tailored for who you are. There is no one better in the world that knows who you are than God. You do not know. 
better who you are than God knows you. All right? He knows every part and piece of you. He knows the things about you that the truths about you that you do not know about yourself. Your cup just fell on its own. It's fine. He knows where you struggle. And he knows why you struggle. You might spend your entire life working to try and stop some great struggle that you have. And yet you don't know why you do it. Never getting to the root, but always trying to work through the symptoms of the root of the problem. And the Holy Spirit is able to get down into the recesses of who you are and begin to make a change in you. Now when I say begin to make a change, it does not mean that his work or his filling was not complete. His filling was complete. And you think about it, there was a man named Watchman Nee. If there was a change, you can add more sugar to it to make it sweet and less bitter. He has a very, very good devotionals. Uh, I believe he grew up in China. And he had a very interesting outlook on the Holy Spirit. And he said this, if God fills you, because this is people's question, and that's you, that's a me. perfect representation. Oh my gosh, it does. It looks Doesn't like a turtle. It's a very yeah. nice. It looks like me. There you go. <laughs> right. It looks like a Okay, so there you are. It looks like a cephalopod mixed with a turtle. There you are, and God fills you on the day that you are born again, the day that you become the friend of God, the day that you accept him, he fills you up. This is your spirit. Okay? Pretend it's all filled. Why aren't you perfect? Because we're not God. Okay, but God's in you. Isn't he perfect? Yeah. Yes, but us as humans are not perfect. But you're still yourself. You're still the flesh. Didn't he do a perfect job entering into you? Yeah, but you're not. Isn't he perfect in you? He's yeah, in you and he's perfect, but you're not perfect because you still have flesh. You're not your spirit. And you're yet. not him. So what's the flesh doing? Fighting. It's preventing you from being filled up with food. No, because he filled you. Believe me. Sure. Sure. Right. It's How about think of it this way? This is the way Watchman Nee said it. The flesh is preventing the spirit from getting out so others can see it. Oh. Isn't that neat how he had just this little, oh, well, that makes all kinds of sense, right? <laughs> so he said, here you are. God did his perfect work, and God did exactly what he was supposed to do, and he will complete all of his work after when the end time comes and we are raised from the dead. If you believe in Christ, you will be raised bodily from the dead, your body the one that was sitting, rotting, and laying in the ground for the last 300 years or, or whatever, he will raise your body from the dead, but in a perfect, what we call uh, a spiritual, not spiritual, that's not right, a new body, okay? A perfect body, a righteous body. Think about this. Before Adam... That's what he created mankind with. 
what changed the perfect body and the perfect mind and the perfect person that Adam was? Sin changed it. Destroyed God's perfect plan as it stood, and yet his perfect plan was all perfect anyways because he already knew that it was going to happen. And so because he knew, he said, well, I'm going to come to this earth. I'm going to talk about my story. I'm going to come to this earth. I'm going to die for you, give you forgiveness, give you an opportunity to be forgiven. I'm going to come inside of you and dwell inside of you as the Holy Spirit and work through you until some of me keeps shining out more and more and more. Okay? It shines out right through the top of your head, whatever it is. Okay? Shines out all around until people say, huh, there's something really different about you. There's light shining out of your head, Phoebe. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> But, <laughs> but the idea is this, right? The idea is you let more and more of God out of you as you grow, and so people around you are affected. All right? People around you begin to know who you are. And more than that, they know that God is in you. Because why is it that you chose not to do this? Or choose to do this? Or how come you always tell the truth about situations, even if you're going to get in trouble? Why do you do that? Well, it's something I believe. There's no point in lying. Right. God has told me this is what I need to do, and so I do it. And can you falter and fail? Yes, so many times. And sometimes on some of the most stubborn parts of you, you falter and falter and fail and fail and fail again. That does not mean God's work is not good. It does not mean God's work is not perfect. Everything he's done is perfect, right? Because he is a perfect and infinite God. But he is working through you. And what he's filled you with is perfect. Now, the work that he begins is this, and then he's going to start changing aspects of how he does it. Just like the glass. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit and do one thing. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit and do something else. Just like the glass, I can fill it with light, and fill it with color, and fill it with heat, fill it with darkness, or fill it with water. Okay, I can do all kinds of things, and I'm still filling and filling and filling. This is how he works in our life. And so... We come to some interesting things where we're going to start to look, how do we know what God is doing in me? All right? How do I know what I am supposed to be doing? If God comes into me, how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? So let's start. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And the people in Corinth are an interesting group of people. They're troublemakers. They've got a lot of problems. They've got a lot of struggles that they're going through. Uh, they have bad things that they do. And they've taken some of the best things that God gave them and what Paul taught them. And like having communion. I think most of you have been to a communion service or know what a communion service is where we have the, the bread and the cup and we 
remember the death of Christ through it. Okay? And they decided they'd have a great big meal beforehand. And I'll bring all my stuff, and I'm going to sit down and eat my stuff, while the next guy has nothing. And the guy across the table brought six bottles of wine. He drinks it all till he's drunk. That's not good. And then, hey, we're going to celebrate some God. It's going to be great. That does not sound right. That's and so none of them were able to get in their minds and their hearts and their spirit a right approach to God. And because of it, because they missed the major point, some of them got sick, some of them were weak, some of them even died. They missed the point. But Paul is trying to give some really important basis of, this is what God's doing inside of you. You guys got to get this right, okay? Paul is in another place when he writes this because uh, he is planting other churches. All right. So, chapter number 12, verse number 1, 2, and 3 of 1 Corinthians, please. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto the, these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Okay. You guys really messed this up. You guys came from a place where you worshipped dumb idols. Dumb as in not stupid, but dumb as in they don't speak. So I guess they are kind of stupid, oh. right? <laughs> so dumb as in they, they can't say anything. These idols that you've followed your whole life, they're just a block of wood. They don't give you any they don't give you any knowledge. They don't give you any wisdom. They don't give you any good thing. But you've been following them along. Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta do what little, uh, little Woody, my wood doll, says for me to do. Okay. So someone actually did blood test, and now I think someone messed up that blood test because they said they were direct descending of Thor, oh. who has been called well, the God of Thunder. Yeah. Kind of yeah. So, anyways, we have. We're following this, and what he says is, I want you to know that without the Spirit of God in you, you don't even know that God really exists. We sit there as these humans and say, well, I came to God. No, no, no. God reached down to you, allowed you to be awakened enough to say, will you accept me? And your opportunity was to say, yes. That's it. That's all you really had to do. Because you have no ability to discern that it's God with a dead spirit as we are born in the human race with dead spirits. 
Okay? The day that sin came into the world, he said, you died. What really made you a real deep human like that perfect Adam and Eve as they were first originally made God says in the day that you eat of this fruit you will surely die and what happened they walked out of the garden they walked out of the garden now well, they were pushed out of the garden right but what died their spirit their spirit died okay and so they no longer had communion or connection, intimate thoughts and talk with God. It said in the Garden of Eden that God came down to walk amongst the garden and talk with them in the cool of the day. Hey, it's evening time. God's coming to walk with us. That was normal. But when they sinned, it all got pushed away, and they got separated from God, all right? So that's what changed. So here's God's plan to say, if I reach inside of you and, and awaken something enough for you to say yes or no, to even recognize me, will you? How many of those do you get in your life? I don't know. Some people maybe one. Some people maybe a thousand opportunities. I know that God's patient and he knows each and every one of us individually, but that's up to him to give us opportunity. When we walk away from the opportunity that God touches us and says, will you? How many do we get? I don't know. I, I don't have that answer. You know, But I do know if we respond to God and say, you know what, God? I don't know where this is even going to bring me, but I want to. God then reaches right in and says, I will. I will. But he never forces himself on us, right? Given choice, right? We have choice. And so he fills us with the Holy Spirit. We recognize and say, Jesus is the Lord. But we can't say that without the Holy Spirit in us. Because he's already done this perfect work. We just begin to start to... Work it out of us. Okay? Verse number four, please. First Corinthians, verse chapter twelve, verse four. Sorry. Manifestation. Manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. All right. How many of you have been to a different church than this church in your life at some point? All right. Uh, like for a service? Or yeah, just sure. Just a service or something. Just oh, well, a, You just went there to help or, clean up for like an Easter egg hut? Yeah, whatever. Have, if you've been there... Is it different than our church? Yes. 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 They hold Easter eggs. They hold like Easter eggs even for like some of the teenagers to actually do. Okay. So you will find now there are many, many differences in 
churches and how they operate. You will find around the world those who claim to be followers of Christ. Some feel very strongly about certain things. Okay? For instance, we have uh, locally some Amish friends, Mennonite friends. Some of them know the Lord. Some of them don't. Just like any church. You go to any church, you will find people who do know God and who don't know God in that church. Now the goal is to get everybody to try to know God. When they come to church, you are trying to serve up everything so that they understand more, so that God reaches in and touches them and, and their spirit begins to awaken or change. Or, But like anything, if you were to go to a service of a Mennonite church or an Amish church, you would find very, very different. First of all, they don't even meet in a church building. They think that's not right. They go in homes and they rotate around. Okay, that's for men, uh, that's for Amish churches. There are some Mennonites that do that, and other Mennonites that are much closer to what we do. So who's right and who's wrong? I don't think anybody's wrong. Well, there are right and wrong things, but what's the point? Have Christ in your heart. Have Christ in your heart. And what is the point of what you just read? Those three verses or four verses? It's one God that worketh all in all. Worketh all in all. All in all, right? So there are differences of administration. That means I administer things differently. I I bring them to the people differently. There are churches you go in and there's a full rock band up front. Right? There are people that don't like that. Say, well, God can't work through those kind of songs. Sure he can. Sure he can. And there are groups that are super, super conservative and you go in there and they're all very quiet. There are groups of people that worship where the men and the women do not sit together. Yeah, they sit they on opposite sides and have been throughout, uh, throughout the ages. Okay, There are still some today, but there were some. In fact, if you well, went down... They put down, a curtain in the aisle to keep them apart, too. Well, what they actually did, and sometimes they were actually shut between the two areas. Sometimes they were open but built up, depending on each one. Uh, if you go down to... Millville area. There is one small, what I think is a house now, uh, cobblestone building. Okay, it's not very big, but it has one door on this side and one door on this side, men's and women's. It was a specific church, and I forget, uh, I can't think of what, what denomination it was, but essentially right there and it was around when this church started same thing very different beliefs in how things should go so is the Holy Spirit not with one but with the other not necessarily now there are truths and you're right Felicia you're right in saying you gotta have Christ in there if you don't have that then then 
God's not in it. Okay, and don't ask how the heck I did this without falling over. But you can, you can have a lot of differences in churches. Yes, how many different versions are there to verse 8? Versions? Yeah, verse 8, because I remember, because until I read a different one. Like a verse 8, like a different verse in it. Oh, a, ver a version or a verse? Version. The versions of the Bible? There are many, many, many different versions. Many. I don't know. I probably could name off 25 of them. Really? It's okay. yeah. it's definitely different, different like, worded in this one. Okay. There, and there are some that are different. That are, that are, and there are some denominations that only accept the King James Version. Okay. Personally, I believe God can work through because the King James Version is just an English translation of the original. Uh, actually, it's not from the Greek. It was from a Latin version. Okay, But the translation is the whole point. It got translated into different languages. So you can't say, well, the English... The, the English version of the authorized King James Version, that's the only one. Well, what about the people in France? And how about the people in Germany? Japan. They had to have a version too. Well, guess what? There's a lot of different versions. Now, I'm just not saying all of them translate as well as others. And it, if you know anything about language, you find that as you go from one language to another, some languages have better words for things than others do. Okay, we have the word love in our language. I can love a donut, right? I can love my family. Is it I can love a friend. I can love my wife. And they all mean very different. I hope I love a donut different than my wife. Because if you don't know what the same as your wife, you're never going to know what to call you. But here's the thing. Here's the thing you need to understand. That's because it's a limitation of the English language. There just isn't those words. If you go into the the Greek language, there are multiple different types There's of love. Okay, there are multiple types English, actually. So because the other version of English will have a word for like jerk, which is known as wanker. Okay, so there are uh, there are many things. The whole point is this: if the Holy Spirit is in it, regardless of how it's administered. Don't you think he can speak and get across his message to you? Don't you think the word of God, Christ, the word of God, can communicate? That's the whole point. That's what he can do. He gets across who he is to everybody that wants to hear. All right? Holy Spirit's a different Holy Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. No, like they call it the Holy Spirit, but they don't mean Christ. Well, then that's not the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. And then what does he do? Now, this is what's interesting. Let's go. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians. Put your finger back in this spot. Don't just flip out of there. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, because I want you to know something else that the Holy Spirit brings. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 17 and 18. So the next book over, chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. 
Now the Lord is at spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding it as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Okay, so the point of this couple of verses here, specifically verse number 17, is where the Holy Spirit is, there is liberty. What's liberty mean? Freedom. We have a liberty bell, right? We had the liberty tree, and that's what started with what we were doing as a country. The idea of freedom is not man-made. The idea of freedom comes from the Spirit of God. The liberty bell is cracked, and you forgot the Statue of Liberty. We also have a Statue of Liberty, yes. So, liberty is what we have when we have God. When you begin to let God work in you, you start to see it's way more free than you ever thought it was. Oftentimes we have this idea of God that he made a bunch of rules and he wants us to fit in those rules and if we don't, he's waiting because he's going to squish you when you do it. It's not how God works. God is not that way. God thinks about loving you. He has an idea for what you want to do. And he loves everybody. Everybody in this room and everybody out in the world. Even the most diabolical, evil person that stands, he loves. And he wants them to accept him. So, with that in mind, he wants to accomplish that through us. Through the Holy Spirit coming out of us. And so how does he do that? Back to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12, verse number 8, 9, and 10, please. This is how he's going to start to accomplish it through us. I'm pretty sure she did 8. What was that, 7, 15? I did 7. Okay, so have we already done it or no? Nope, do 8, 9, and 10, please. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another the working of miracles. To an, another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse, diverse kinds of tongues. To another an interpretation of tongues. All right, so verse 11, but all these that worketh, all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So here is what he's giving to us. Something that we've labeled as gifts of the Holy Spirit. All right, this is not a full list of the gifts, but tell me what it is that he's giving us in those three verses, four verses, whatever it was you just read. Three verses, I guess. Tell me what the gifts are. Wisdom. Knowledge. Knowledge. Healing and faith. Now, with that wisdom and knowledge, was it just wisdom and knowledge, or was there something else with it? Word of, or how was the phrase? Read the... Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Faith. What else? Faith. Faith. Healing. 
healing. Healing. Diverse kinds of tongues. Miracles. Hold on, I, I can't write that fast. Miracles. Diverse tongues. Prophecy prophecy and interpretation of tongues which goes with the diverse tongues discerning spirits discerning of spirits discerning spirits and discerning of spirits are those the same or different same. Yeah. same is that it we got it and then why does one have it all but the other does not we'll talk about what it means in just a minute all right so if God's main goal is for people to come to him in the whole world, and he gave you the job of going out into the world and telling everybody about you, what he also gave you is like, like all of, you think about like um, superheroes, right? Everybody's got this some gift, some super thing that they can do. Superman has multiple ones if you go that far. Some people have super, super multiple things like Superman. Other people, what is it? The Incredibles, all those things, right? They have Batman this goes, have this guy them. goes really fast, or this guy does this. Well, fun fact: the Flash's weakness is running very fast, but his power is running very fast. Would he have run off into space and exploded if he had done that? Could have. Or Who would knows? he open a wormhole to an alternate universe again? All right. So the Holy Spirit gives these gifts and some other gifts. But what are we gonna? What is? What is the word of wisdom? If if God's goal is to turn others around you to Himself, what do you think the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge would do? How do you think that gift would work? If He gave you that gift. Because you could tell other people your wisdom about God, so then they would know the wisdom, and then they could tell other people their wisdom about God, and then they could keep going. If I got a friend that comes up to, to me and says, well, I don't really know what to do in this situation in my life, and you have the gift of a word of wisdom, you may, in a very simple sentence, or even one word, could allow God to come through you and connect with that person with one word. And it may not be a, it's not a magical word, it's just the fact that God is using that word through you. And he does that, and your friend says, oh, I never even thought about that. A word of knowledge is a little different in that you might say, uh, I, have, I have not just wisdom applied to a situation, but I know That's something. Okay. I know something about a subject that might draw someone to God. All right? It's not saying, hey, I know everything. These are spiritual gifts, and what's coupled with spiritual gifts are the fruits of the Spirit. Right? And so you are what? Uh, 
okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, okay? Faith. Faith was in there too. So, the, if you are able to do those things through God while you're giving these things in love, the word in love, not saying, well, I know everything, I've got the word of knowledge. No, no, that's not, it's about helping. It's about being kind. And you will begin to see something very unique. But it's, this, is, this is something that is super helpful and you start to see people kind of attracted to you. All right? They're attracted to you. This, this guy is somehow able to dig out of life wisdom. Or he's able to always have the right answer that, that is not just like, well, he knows everything, but it takes me to a different thought in my life. You think about a guy like this, Watchman Nee, who in one little half sentence, and I changed the word a little bit to say, hey, it worked out of you. You, all, you knew the concepts, but when you saw it, you're like, oh, yeah, right? That makes sense. He was a man possibly with the word of knowledge. See, this is how this works. Paul was a man that seemed like he had the word of knowledge. He wrote things down that no other writer in the whole Bible wrote down. Nobody. Nobody understood the things like Paul did. He had knowledge of this world, of the next world, and of times to come. He had knowledge of these things, and he just said it like, well, everybody knows this. Sort of like the person that made the fork or the person that made the toilet. Everybody denied it at first. And, like, we don't, Maybe. We don't go inside like animals. We go outside like humans, kind of weird thing. Like yep. So, so having knowledge. Now, other things have happened. Healing. That doesn't mean every guy you see on television has the gift of healing from the Holy Spirit. But there have been true, real Christians who have prayed for people who have been healed. All right? And, and even recently. All right? But understand, it's not the guy that does it. It's God. And miracles. Can people do miracles? If you're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy. To be able to lead people, but also be aware, every time there are one of these gifts out there, Satan also likes to falsify things and send a bunch of people out there that have false prophets, that are false healers, that are false teachers, that don't really have wisdom and knowledge, that don't have faith. It is a gift to have strong faith. It is a gift to have strong faith. Everyone needs faith to some level. But there are some people that have faith that they can step out and do things that are that's incredible. You say, how did he ever just do that? How did he trust God that much? But to have that level of faith in which is a gift is an incredible thing. All right? And discerning of spirits. Now there's there's one that's a... You say, well... If there's fake ones of all these, how are we ever going to know? Who's a false teacher? Who's a real teacher? When the Holy Spirit is in you, right? He's a teacher, a comforter, a helper. He helps you and gives you strength and wisdom. And so what does he do? Well, he can show you real 
true things, and He can show you what is not real. Okay? He can give you wisdom and how to choose and how to discern, meaning I can pick the bad one out and the good one out. Okay, then which shadow's the best shadow? So All right? I can pick out the spirit behind that thing saying, that's not right. Those people are doing this for something wrong. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but we're not going to do that. Okay? And it pays to have leaders that have good wisdom and, and discerning spirits and the gift of discerning. Now, there's also tongues, okay? And tongues is one of those things that's talked about in the Bible. It has been made a huge thing of well, over the years. Well, there are multiple things. So, so listen up. There were people on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was first come to people where they did speak in different languages that were other countries, okay, or other regions. And the people said, how do they speak in my language? Because remember, what's the, what are these gifts for? To specifically draw others to people, to, to God, right? So don't you think when it's all in one language. Don't you think God's got to get it into the other languages? So how did he do it? That day, he did it like that. Is he able to do it at other times? Absolutely. Anytime that he wants it done that way. Sometimes people have said that there is a different total language that only God understands. And sometimes God gives me a word from that language. And I stand up and I say all these crazy words that to all of you sound gibberish. How could they say anything? That sounds like gibberish. So when they say that, this is where Paul says, but make sure if someone does that and says this is a message from God, if this person has an interpretation, Someone's got the gift of interpretation out there and can say, that means this. Okay? Is this possible? God can do anything. So never limit yourself in what you think He can do, but always remember, He is on point with His purpose all the time. So if these gifts lead other people directly back to Him, then great. So what other things are there? Well, there are many other things. Um, if we were to turn to uh, Romans, and we're not going to do it, but Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, you would find that the gift of prophecy, again, is mentioned, the gift of ministry, the gift of teaching, the gift of exhorting. That's an old word. You know what it means? No. It means to encourage somebody. Or saying, you know what? It'd be a really good idea for you to go do that. Or yeah, I'm behind you the whole way. You could do that. Encouragement. Encouragement is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And you know that when you have a person who's a good encourager. We have a couple of them in this church. 
and they don't even know what they're doing most of the time. And I'm not saying they don't know what they're doing, but they, they don't see it as that gift, and yet they're really good at it. Oh, they're able to say things to people to really, and it's like, wow, I didn't. I needed that. Like I needed to hear that. Like I was in Chicago the Axe store a couple years ago for the team group on Targets, and then I always told him, hey, you can do it. We all believe in you. And then he wound up missing the entire shop, but he tried. Well, so there are things, and just to be encouraging isn't necessarily the gift of encouragement. The gift of encouragement is something deeper in your being and your makeup that God put there for that and that God supports and pushes towards remember what's it for drawing people to him right and if that's what happens and that's an important part all right so then what else is there the gift of giving some people have the gift of giving and I know that we have again a few people in our church like that where they give and they give and they give and they look towards that and it means Generosity is just a part of them. Now you could be a giving person. And God wants you to be a giving person. God says be a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. But some people have a specific spirit driven gift. That it is what they do. Constantly. So like how that one person who always knows what everybody's favorite like, gift would be. Or the perfect thing for them. No. Kind of gift. Well it could be that. But it is just... A part of their being, and then they give and give and don't even think about the cost of themselves because it's not, doesn't matter to them. That's that one person who don't about $10 million at children's hospital is going out of business. Could be. All right. And then there's a gift of ruling or leading. Okay. Some of those, some people are really good at it naturally, and some people, God says, I'm going to use you to do this. Now, that's where, is this a spiritual gift or is this just a talent? A little different okay you have to be aware the gifts are given for a purpose of bringing people to Christ that's what the gifts are given for all right and then one more interesting one showing mercy that's a gift from God to be able to even when a person does not deserve it. And we're all supposed to be merciful. But some people are just really, really good. And God uses them and works through them in situations all the time. And guess what? Having the gift of mercy usually means that you have to be merciful to someone. What does that mean, though? That means you got hit you got turned against someone did something to you in order for you to show mercy right so these gifts are not all just like hey it's fantastic everything's wonderful unless you're trained no mercy then you don't have the gift and that's the key that's the key is someone who has this gift even though it might hurt them will show mercy because think about this even though it hurt Jesus to hang on the cross he still showed mercy he didn't have to but he chose to that's a godly way to think
It's a godly way to act. It's showing mercy. And so these are all extensions of God through His Spirit working through you to do things. All right. And so what do you do with your gifts? Well, I, my gifts, I do them with I do them with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and I go out and I'm a servant. It can be in this church. It can be where you work. It could be at your school. It doesn't matter where it is. If you have this gift of a spirit, of something, you will go out and do something. Now, it can be teaching. It can be whatever it is, okay? It could be mercy, but you're using it to bring others to Christ. So again and again and again, that's the purpose of it. Keep your eye and your focus on this. One other piece that brings this is worship. All right? And this is where people that are alive in their spirit, people that have this start coming out of them, begin to understand a little bit more about worship. Worship is a key piece to someone who is spiritual. And that doesn't mean I just sing a song. I can sing a thousand songs and not be worshipful. I can sing one bad song, not bad as in evil, but bad as in it's not a great written song, and it's not a great words. played song. No, I don't mean that. I mean one bad song that's not great musically, and it's not great uh, with lyrics. They're like, yeah, it's not the best lyrics. But if I do it with a heart of a worship, it would be received by God better than a thousand with a bad attitude. Worship is a big piece of what we are to do with the Holy Spirit in us. And so we begin to see, and what do we do with our worship? That ministers to other people too. Right? How do we worship? With joy. Paul and Silas were locked in a jail cell in stocks in a basement for something that they didn't do. Why does do. that sound like a torture room? It is. And they were they were put in there after they had been whipped, okay? And they were locked in the basement and what did they do? They sang, they sang songs and worshiped God. Because it, they had joy regardless of their circumstance. Hard thing to think about, but the Holy Spirit, right? Because that's one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Kindness, goodness. I said them both. doesn't matter what That's order. That's how it goes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad you know it. Here's the thing. God's a spirit. We worship him in spirit. We serve him through the gifts. Now the question is, which one is yours? Or how many do you have? You can have ten of these. And I you know. could have one of them. You could have none of them for all you know. Well, if you never have the Holy Spirit inside of you working out, they will never, you'll never use them. Even if you had them. Even if God said, that's what I made you to do. So what are you made to do? What are you made to be? How are you made to further the kingdom of God? 
That's the question. What specifically do you have? And you do have things. You each have gifts from the Holy Spirit. Maybe one, maybe ten. I don't know. But you look and you see because let God work through you and you will find it out. All right? Okay, thank you very much.